need a bigger boat. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Life, uh, finds a way. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and welcome back to Spielberg Chronologically. This is the podcast for myself, Jeff, and Eric. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. We go through every single one of Alfred, nope, Steven Spielberg's movies in <laughs> chronological That's Those are legitimate mess-ups. I don't do that to be funny. What are you going to um, do when we move on to the next director? Oh. Like, how is that going to work? Are you just going to alternate between Steven Spielberg and Alfred Hitchcock? Quite possibly. Yeah. I, I don't know. But we go through them chronologically and on occasion, special occasion, if you will, we do a bonus episode. Uh, and this time we're doing the classic Christmas tale from 1984, directed by Joe Dante. It's Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. Uh, this was, of course, it says Steven Spielberg presents up top, so he did something. He uh he produced I think, and I think he also had uh some some story input. I was uh, reading about how some of the people who did the creature work on this became somewhat frustrated with Steven Spielberg because he kept changing the look of Gizmo at the last minute, and uh, they had to keep going back to the drawing board and and reconstructing this incredibly complex puppet that they had because Spielberg yeah. kept messing with it you know give him bald ears take the hair off his ears you know change his color no we need him to look like a calico cat or whatever he is uh yeah so so he definitely was like directly involved with the film he actually had some input so he did um well we're probably that's about all we're going to talk about him um so <laughs> uh what is your history with gremlins i know this is uh one you love well it is one that i loved as a kid for sure um i this this movie opened on the same day as ghostbusters like historically and so i was what is 84 so i was 12 so i was like prime age for both of those movies right and uh i know this is not going to be a shock but uh i i I did end up with the novelization of both films. And I love it. It makes me happy. <laughs> I read, uh, I, so I saw I saw Gremlins at the theater a couple times at least. It was a pretty heavy movie summer, I think. And uh, I read the book countless times, countless times. And so like it, to the point where I've gotten the book kind of conflated in my mind with the movie, like some stuff mm-hmm. happens in the book that doesn't happen in the movie. Some things that are explained. And so when I was watching the movie this time, um, I was kind of like, oh, well, what happened to the one thing? Like, why aren't they telling about the thing? You know, and it's because I I guess I, you know, I'm all mixed up in my brain. So uh, a bit of inside baseball. So Jeff contacted me. And in real time, we are we are recording this well before Halloween, like a week before yeah, Halloween. Yeah, I wasn't planning on recording this episode right now. Yeah. Like he, we, he called the, several of the episodes that precede this one, we haven't even gotten to yet. Right, right. So Jeff texted and he said, what do you think about a bonus, a bonus episode of Gremlins? And my response was, well, I just watched Gremlins yesterday. So that's yeah. perfect because I had literally just watched it with my kids um, and, and shown it to them for the first time. 
And uh, to put you in timeline perspective, we were planning on doing Minority Report this week. Right. And this has just upended everything. Right. Right. But it's perfect. You know, it's perfect because I, I had just seen it and uh, and experienced it with my kids. And uh, it, got, it got a slightly different feel on it than I had initially. But we can get into that. But before we do, what's what's your history with Gremlins? I actually okay you remember how i said that raiders of the lost ark was just the shittier version of last crusade yeah like i i watched last crusade first and then i was like i watched raiders i'm like this is boring like it's not anywhere near as good i'm actually a gremlins 2 kid i love gremlins 2 it's out of control and i love all this special gremlins the electric one the bat one you know the key and peel skit that's out there you can go and find on youtube all that stuff's in the movie it's just more of everything and i loved it and so i'd go back to this one and there'd only be one kind of unique gremlin which was stripe right and of course gizmo being the 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 mogwai and i always was like felt like it was the lesser of them but then there's a podcast i listened to called with Gorley and rust and they did an episode on gremlins and i like to watch along so i watched it sat down i was like man this is good ah and so watching it again this time i think i actually for the first time got the oh here it comes the 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 point where it's like oh i actually really like this movie now because seeing it the first time in that i can remember as an adult all the way through i was like that was fun that was really good and this is the time where i'm like oh we're getting to the kitchen scene (laughs) you know um that it really just kind of was like i'm having fun so yeah but i still love gremlins too and i also understand why someone who this was their first gremlins movie would maybe not like it as much but I've, I've only ever seen Gremlins 2 once, and I remember we, just being like, what the hell? Like, yeah. what is going on in this movie? And Next Christmas. And, and yeah, well, I have it on Blu-ray because I got a, a box set that had the Goonies, Gremlins 1, and Gremlins 2 in it for like 10 bucks, right? And so I've got the right. Gremlins 2 Blu-ray. And after watching this one, I was thinking about pulling it out and taking a look at it because one, 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 one of my reactions this time was like, I always knew that the movie had a reputation, Gremlins had a reputation for being violent, and mm-hmm. it, it definitely is, and I had forgotten about the kitchen scene, and was like, oh, oh God, yeah. like, like I, I was remembering it as it was happening, I was like, yeah, my God, this mom is a beast, but uh, I had also forgotten just how, like, goofy and over the top it gets, you know, and... and Because uh, that scene in the bar... The scene in the bar. I don't want to say it's every bit as crazy as two... But it sets the stage to make two, like, in comparison, two is not that far of a stretch from the bar scene. Right, right. And the bar scene is definitely what I'm picturing in my head when I'm saying that the movie is wackadoodle. You know, like, that whole sequence where they're just showing one weird gremlin after another and they're doing strange things. Well, then you get the flashing guy. Like, that guy's pulled right out of two, even though two comes later. That guy fits perfectly into the 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 flash dance sequence you know with the dancing gremlin yeah you come on people you know that <laughs> gremlins 2 is good you know it so so yeah uh 
it was it was an interesting experience. Like like watching it with my kids, you know, like I've I've got a six year old and a nine year old. There were certain points where I was just like, dang, I don't know if I have chosen correctly here to show them Gremlins, but they loved it. The the little yeah, one keeps like going. Like the death there. of Stripe is particularly gruesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he calls it the Gooblins, and the whole like I stopped the movie before the Christmas speech, you know, the chimney speech, and oh. I said, "All right, now she's about to say some really dark stuff. Like I can tell you what she's gonna say, or we can just watch it." And they're like, "Oh, tell us what she's gonna say." And so I gave like a synopsis of the story, and they're like, "Oh, let it play, let it play," and we got to so the- your kids are are not under the impression that santa is real no they are and i'd totally forgotten that she says (laughs) that at the end of the thing and so like at the end like just to put a point on how awful that speech is she says and and that's how i learned that santa wasn't real and i was like oh shit like i just curled up in a little ball this wave of cold came over me and i was all gremlins has ruined christmas like (laughs) i totally forgot that she says that Wow. So the nine-year-old kind of looked at me, and I looked back and didn't say anything. I think it just went over the six-year-old's head. So Yeah. Um, awesome. But also, you know, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I don't know where to begin. I love the town, right? It starts off very well. Okay. It actually starts off in China. Chinatown, maybe I, I, China. always, I always took it as San Francisco in Chinatown. Like I don't know why, but that's okay. Just always so he's the not actually overseas. I don't think so. I don't. Like, okay, he's, he's at, just in another town doing a convention or something. Yeah, sales trip. And I I love Dad. Dad's awesome. Um, the whole cast is great. Uh, so. Dad isn't who doesn't know this. Dad is an inventor and he makes really shitty inventions. Um and he's trying to sell one to this you know very wise looking possibly Buddhist man <laughs> and uh the shaving buddy or whatever it is and he happens upon Gizmo and the the young kid who's just like grandpa doesn't know what the hell he's talking about sells it to him. <laughs> what the hell is that kid's problem? Um, and, and we bring home Gizmo. Yeah. So right out of the gate with Gizmo, as a little kid, I was really into Gizmo, and my kids really into Gizmo. They were just like yeah. re- really into him, like surprisingly so. As an adult, I'm looking at Gizmo, and I'm just kind of like, this thing's kind of gross. Like, he's kind of just mucusy, and I bet you it smells weird. I don't know if I want this I Gizmo. I think like, <laughs> the Gizmo a- that we all remember as being adorable and cute is actually from 2. That could be, because this Gizmo's I gross. To- like, some of those close-ups watched- on him, I'm like, this little fucker's ugly. Yeah, he's not. Like, I mean, he's certainly cuter than the gremlins, but, and some of the other Mogwai, when they're small, are actually cuter than Gizmo. But I seem to remember, and I haven't seen uh, Gremlins 2 in several years, I seem to remember that one, you know, when he puts the Rambo 
you know, yeah. headband on and pulls. I seem to remember him being much more adorable than what we got here. That being said, the animatronics on Gizmo are so good. Like, the puppetry in this movie is seamless. They are really good. Have you seen that thing? It was going around on Twitter maybe six months ago where somebody revealed, like, for some of those close-up shots of Gizmo, the Gizmo head is actually, like, three feet wide. It's, like, this oh, giant really? Gizmo head, and then they would, like, build a giant set around it so they could push in on the gizmo head so they could get all the expressions that they wanted out of it and i don't think i mean obviously it's not that big in every shot but for some of those close-ups and those are the shots that i feel are kind of gross like when you see gizmo like really big on the screen his mouth area is just covered in this like weird mucusy film and yeah and he's just kind of shiny and you feel like if you touch him you'd, your fingers would like stick together like elmer's glue situations and and yeah it's just like that eh, little thing is gritty i bet you it has bugs like yeah <laughs> not real into it but it's extreme like the thing is is that gremlins and Mogwai are extremely intelligent. They can speak English. Yes. They learn very quickly. Yes. They also know pop culture. Um, I don't know if that's inherent, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I mean, they establish in two, as I remember, is that Gizmo watches Rambo 2, and that's where he learns you know, to be Rambo. It's just not innate. But some of these guys are just straight up, you know? Yeah, well, They yeah. just know. Like the Flashdance gremlin. How do they learn yeah. about Flashdance? Like these are, these are brand new creatures. They're like a day old when they're in that bar, right? And they're playing poker and they've got, you know, like- the, They know the rules of poker. Yeah, cultural references the out guy, the wazoo. The gremlin knows in order to be a flasher, even though all of his friends are naked, he needs a trench coat and a hat, you right, know? Right, right. Uh, you know, they're singing songs. They all know the lyrics. They go Christmas caroling. And when you hear it from inside oh, the house, the they're Christmas clearly- Christmas caroling, like, it's so good. Good enough to- uh, to fool the people into thinking there are carolers outside. And then, of course, they get outside and the gremlins are, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, I love it. I think that's maybe one of the things that why that's when the movie starts to become special to me is when the gremlin comedy comes in. It's really when I'm smiling. I'm loving everything they're doing, you know, and that sort of thing where they're all dressed up, cozy, it really does go nuts there for a minute. Like, like for a minute, I was reminded of the remake of Dawn of the Dead. I don't know if you're familiar with the Snyder version of Dawn of the Dead, but it's great. Like, you should check it out if you haven't seen it. But it's one of those things where, like, everywhere you look, cars are crashing and stuff is falling. Like, the telephone poles are falling down and sparks are shooting everywhere. And, like, like it really goes full-out small-town apocalypse there for a few minutes before they all go into the theater. And, uh... I don't know. It's 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 fun. Like I I didn't remember it kind of like scaling up quite that big. I, when I watched it, I think I only saw this all the way through in my adult life. Like I I think I didn't. It just didn't appeal to me as much as Gremlins Two did. But it when I started watching it in my adult life, I I was like, oh, this actually does get bigger in scope. Like I didn't realize that um, Stripe goes in the pool. Right. And yeah. then there's just an army of them. I didn't like I thought that was just gremlins, too, where you had all of these gremlins. 
no, that happens here. And uh, that pool scene to me is one of my favorite because I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Because like, he jumps in and it's just smoke's coming out of there. The lights are going around. He's running. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you would think. So what do we get out of that? Maybe like 300 gremlins, right? Enough to fill a theater. Right. Uh, like you would think that if one drop of water could create like an offspring, we would have had like several hundred thousand gremlins right because it would be what's the term um exponential like yes it would be exponential because he'd get one and when you get one drop of water i think there would they did one drop on gizmo at the the science facility or whatever and it got one extra mogwai but it so it definitely is a water ratio but as soon as you birth one that one's getting wet under the water and then it would just bop 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 and just explode from there. But maybe there's like a, a cool down period we don't know about. <laughs> there could be, yeah. There, there could be a cool down period. Because uh, these gremlins don't go, when you get a gremlin wet, you get another gremlin. They don't have to go through the pupa stage that the mogwai do. Right, it's just instant gremlin. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of conversation around this, and I just want to briefly touch on it. Feeding after midnight. What's the rule here? Well, this rule does not make any sense. What but, time zone? Are, I mean, and we're, we're treading over well-worn ground, but what time does time zone matter? Well, um, I think, okay, so in that situation, it all comes down to what the origin of the gremlins is. Like, yeah. there are a few different things they could be, right? Gremlins could be, or Mogwai, let's say, Mogwai, could be like a lost offshoot of evolution that somebody went and pulled out of a jungle somewhere, right? They could be, like, aliens, right? Mm -hmm. Living by their own set of rules. Or, I think kind of what the movie is implying, just by, like, the old guy in the junk shop and so on, they could be, like, some sort of mystical creature. Yeah. And if they are a mystical creature... Then we're talking about things in terms of, like, magic. And if we're talking about things in terms of magic, then the, like, don't feed them after midnight works, right? Because uh, it's just like Snow White or, or Cinderella leaving the castle by midnight or else she'll turn into a pumpkin or whatever. That She she doesn't turn into a pumpkin. Yeah. She kind of turns into a pumpkin. Whatever. Uh, you know, that you're not thinking about time zones in those terms um, with, with Cinderella. And so, like, because it's magic. Right. And so if yeah. the gremlins are magic, then we can kind of just like dispose of that whole, well, it's midnight here, but one stayed over, it's only 11 o'clock. So why are they turning into gremlins conversation? But if they're not magic, and, and magic also covers like now they know about flashing and they know about yeah. poker and they know, I mean, it's really kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the only explanation that really works for gremlins. Is yeah, that they, they have are, to be magic. They are mystical. They're like, uh, who's Mulan's little dragon? They're like that guy, you know. Like they're yeah. they're like little magical, mystical creatures. Uh, yeah, so, I get behind that. That I mean, works. Yeah, it's kind of the only way to make the movie make any sense. Um. Now, what about foreign cars? How do you feel about foreign cars? <laughs> funny because i remember these people like i i mean there's there are probably still people that are really like this with the foreign cars but like my grandma yeah. my grandma was a hundred percent 
buy American cars. Don't buy those Japanese cars. She came up in World War, like she was born in 1922. She went through World War II as a person in her 20s, and she yeah. was she was damned if she was going to buy a Japanese car. You know, right. like no way, not now, not ever. And so, like I remember a lot of people in my neighborhood feeling the same way. I remember uh, when my dad came home who, who traditionally has almost always bought American always. Uh, but he came home with a foreign car. Uh, and I think he had only rented it or something. And the neighbor guy giving him shit about it, you know, like we grew up in a, in a kind of like a blue collar neighborhood. And uh, so like, as soon as, as soon as Murray Futterman starts in on his, you know, get a foreign car thing i was like oh i know this guy like <laughs> this is like my next door neighbor when i was growing up now as far as how is i how i feel about foreign cars i'm a kia guy i buy kias yeah. i have been buying kias my last three or four cars have been kias because i like that hundred thousand mile warranty and they're reliable as hell uh so yeah there's that but yeah i have a hyundai and it's got the it's i believe hyundai and kia are pretty much like you know, Chevy and Buick, they're the same people. But uh, yeah, I don't care. I just more poking fun at Mr. Futterman, who now they don't say specifically, but I pretty much assumed in this movie, if this movie's in a vacuum, it's assumed that the Futtermans are killed by the gremlins. I did not realize this. I did not know this, but I saw when I was reading the trivia on IMDb, that there's one line in the movie at the end on the radio where they mention going to talk to interview Mr. Futterman in the hospital. So apparently, really? apparently okay. the Futtermans survive the snowplow attack. I mean, they definitely do because they're in the sequel, but I always felt like that was just a retcon because the Futtermans were so likable and they're pulling um, an Ian Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the the like he the actor whose name is, escapes me right now. I'll find it here in a second. He is just so um, Dick Miller. He's so immediately likable on screen, and you've seen him in other movies if you've watched anything. Um, and you just so yeah, he has to be in the sequel. But uh, you know, he just kind of just is. I, I felt like they bumped them off, but I guess you're, you're right. If they're interviewing him in the hospital, he survived. Yeah. I think Mrs. Dingle, Mrs. Dangle, whatever her name is, there's no way she's surviving what happens to her. Well, no, because she was, she's the one person in the movie. You're like, I can't wait for you to get it. Right. Yeah. Everybody else that's being harassed doesn't really deserve it. Um, but Mrs. Deagle, I don't know. She like owns the city and everyone bows to her whim. Uh, also, uh, did Judge Reinhold ever get it? I don't think so. Judge He's Reinhold, like in the beginning and like, he disappears. Yeah. One of my questions for the end was, why is Judge Reinhold in this movie? Like, he's just like, you suck, Billy. And then he just leaves and you never like see him again. Like, he just shows up and is a jerk to Billy uh, at the bar, you know, because he works at the same bank or whatever. And then he just is gone for the rest of the movie. You never see him again. Like, they probably should have just edited him out completely. Because you're left with this weird, like, well, I wonder what happened to that jerk. I I love the actor. Like, anytime he's in something, he he is a, a a character actor. He plays just the douche guy, and he and he rules at it. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember if he's in the sequel. I remember there being a douche guy. 
in the sequel, and I'm not sure if it's. Uh, I'm gonna have to rewatch this. I'm gonna rewatch it today, probably. Well, he's I always love... wonderful in '80s movies. He was in the Beverly Hill Cops movies, and he's great in that. He's in uh, Vice Versa. I think that's the one that he's in with Kirk Cameron, where they switch places. Like there was, a, there was like this wave of Freaky Friday style movies in the '80s, and he's in one of those. Um, yeah, he's and always fantastic. I don't see him listed. I guess we should also talk about Howie Mandel. Yeah. Another thing I did not realize until I was reading uh, the IMDb trivia. But, yeah, Howie. And I told my kids because they know Howie. We watched America's yeah. Got Talent. Uh, and, and so they know who Howie is. And that just fried their brains, man. But do you remember? I mean, I don't know if you do remember. Howie doing his comedy back in the 80s, he would do that little voice. And wasn't he the, the voice of... The- Bobby on Bobby, Bobby's yeah. world. That was yeah. his his that was his character, that voice he did. Yeah, so it kinda makes sense that he was Gizmo, but I still was kinda like, oh wow. I was also reading that when they released this film in foreign markets, they specifically researched cultural references for those markets and had Howie Mandel like he 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 recorded German drinking songs for the gremlins in the bar for when they released it in Germany, you know, and Italian drinking songs for when they released it in Italy, you know, and the same thing with the Christmas carols and a lot of the little jokes that the, that the gremlins and the, and gizmo say they uh, made them specifically regional. So there are all these different versions of the movie floating out there that have like cultural specific references for, you know, whatever region they're released in, which I thought was pretty clever and cool. Yeah. Um, of course, I, our leads, Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates. And I, I, while this movie sort of predates the era where I would have had a, a Hollywood crush, I, I know why Phoebe Cates is a lot of people's Hollywood crush. Would you say that would be true for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, at the age that I saw this, I hadn't seen Fast Times yet. And so I was not familiar with that whole amazing sequence <laughs> but right. uh but yeah i do remember as a 12 year old just thinking she was the most beautiful most perfect like she was right up there with uh marty mcfly's mom in my book as like the most gorgeous hollywood woman on the planet you know unachievable greatest beauty of all time so yeah yeah i was real into phoebe case after seeing this movie now the when the time. sequel came out i remember being like yeah because again uh, two is my favorite, or was the one I saw first. So, um, what year was two? Ninety. So yeah, I would have been ten years old at that. That was point. like a but while after. Like they took a while to come out with that Gremlins too. That was the old days, man. Where because Gremlins probably was still in the damn theater, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I, so, and they're great. Like, I mean, he is so likable and down to earth, and. You know, it, and Phoebe Cates is the same. And then you have them juxtaposed to Judge Reinhold, who just is the best douchebag. I'm trying to remember what other movies I've seen him in, but he's awesome. Yeah, he is really good. And you're right about the two leads. They're both like the, the opening of the movie where they establish the town. It's so like wholesome Americana. And I, it's probably like that on purpose. So then, you know, they can destroy it and. You know, it's super effective when they do. But uh, they filmed it on the same set that they did Back to the Future, which mm. if, if you watch it again yes. and you keep that in mind, it's like, okay, there's the theater at the end of the street, you know, and there's these shops and there's the, the square, you know. And if you look at it in those terms, like, of course, all the 
the buildings themselves. This predates Back to the Future, though. So Back yeah. to the Future filmed it where they did Gremlins. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like geographically, stuff is in the right place, you know, for like between the two films, which is really interesting. Um, and I guess eventually after Back to the Future 2, the set burned down. So that was the last film they ever filmed uh, on that set. That's unfortunate. But uh, there were other movies that were filmed on that set, too. We should look into it and figure out what they were. But um, but yeah, like the whole town, the setup of Christmas and and Pete, who's Corey Feldman, is out there with his dad selling Christmas was, trees, you know, and the, the so cops. So on, uh, and I mentioned this before, on Movie Draft House, Mark is always trying to get like pitch other chronological like just anything we watch, he finds something to say. Do that chronologically, and he said uh, Corey Feldman, and I was like, you know, that that, and I think I said that before. All his early stuff would be really good, and I, then like it would trickle down to garbage. But right, I could get on board with Corey Feldman chronologically. <laughs> I really could. Like there'd be some repeats for us, but yeah, he's... there would be some repeats. But man, like so, like gosh this movie and the goonies and stand by me and the lost boys and even like friday the 13th part drive all friday the 13th yeah that kid had a run man for like for such a young kid like he really had a run and like i know like these days you know he's doing lost boys directed video sequels or whatever but yeah he's still props to that career dude like yeah, I, I like him. I think he's still a good dude. Like, uh, apparently Hollywood was quite rough on him. <clears throat> but, you know, and he, even to the point where he said, my children are not going to Hollywood. Uh, but I don't think, you know, in his era, he was the kid. Like, and then it, he, he did do stuff as an adult, right? You know, it, he kind of kept rolling. Um, so I, I do like Corey Feldman. Of course, he is he is my Donatello. Um, oh right, right. It was Donatello, yep. another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I definitely look upon Corey Feldman with like fondness and respect. You know, like, yeah. like I, I think that that guy really achieved an amazing career uh, in Hollywood and overcame some like pretty shady stuff going on. Uh, and and good on him for you know being the stand up person that he has been. Uh, I don't know, like. <laughs> You know, he gets all involved in, 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 you know, advocating against the sexual abuse of, of young Hollywood people and so on. And uh, s- some of that, what he talks about is kind of like murky, you know, mm-hmm. like I've never really been clear. And he's kind of been sometimes like, I'm going to name a name. And then he doesn't really name a name. And, you know, so yeah, it, it's it, it tricky, gets a little, right? It gets a little yeah. like eh, hinky around the edges. But on the whole, I still am like. Go ahead, Corey Feldman. You do you, man. Well, I like, mean, he was in the system and he was the victim. So exactly in his own time, I got no judgment there. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, we both love Corey Feldman. There's one other person I love, and he's barely in the movie. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm, barely in the Rock movie. and Ricky. Oh <laughs> man, he's not even in the movie at all. He's so great. <laughs> like, hey, Rocky, Rick, and Rialto here on the whatever station, and then like. When the gremlins attack, hey, we got some Rocky Ricky fans. Right. Hey, you're not Rocky Ricky fans at all. <laughs> and then even at the end of the movie, it's like, yeah, they came through, but I'm still, I'm still here. I would love like a 20 minute short of what happened. Oh, when Rocky oh. Ricky's on the air 
and the gremlins attack and how he wins right it is still on the air like the incredible short where they show what happens with the babysitter and the yeah baby. like same exactly deal. like what happened off screen you're right that I, what an amazing idea for a fan film like that's an incredible idea rock and ricky side film yeah totally yeah i i would be here for that because he used some sort of i imagine he choked out one with like a headphone cable and you know just electrocuted another one somehow he just uh you know rock and ricky's a badass and we don't ever talk about him yeah he went full mom on them and uh okay so here we go like all right we all know okay they get fed after midnight they turn into gremlins and they hatch and what is one of the the pro the special effects in this movie are so perfect really when they hatch yeah it's perfect they're gross and slimy and the cocoons you can see like a spine on one of they're so nasty you know like <laughs> and so they hatch and then we get mom and you would think mom in these movies in the 80s helpless bystander Fuck nah, this is the most badass mom. Period. Mom She's goes, awesome. man. When when mom is mom goes to battle. No hesitation. <laughs> yeah. None. And I'm I, a microwave your ass. I like, totally forgot that she just takes out the majority of the gremlins in a matter I'm, of like two minutes. She's right, just because like, she I takes am, out pretty much all of them except for Stripe. Except for Stripe. And the one because that's Stripe the hadn't re uh, and the one that yeah. Um but all the ones that hatch in the house, with the exception of Stripe, she kills. Yeah. Um, and Hardcore, without mercy, slaughters those gremlins. She straight up Norman Bates one of them. Like, <laughs> arm up in the air, knife going. <laughs> She's awesome. And, like, I remember watching this for the first time as an adult, seeing that scene, and remembering at that time, man, mom, they do mom dirty in this movie and then watch again like no she's awesome and she she kills everything in the house she is the leader of their household you know like she supports her husband's obscene i don't know what his (laughs) inventions that none of them work and yet you have all these cool inventions in the kitchen and they're setting it up the whole time like Look at the juicer. Look at this. There's the weird bowl thing in the middle with the buttons. What does that do? We don't know, but it's there. And they just kind of do kills on all of them, right? The the gremlins are throwing plates. The, the puppets look amazing. It's one of the best scenes ever. Yeah, it is. It's it is really good. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. Like, the puppets are well lit in this movie, too. Yeah. You know, like, it's not as though they're they got them off in the shadows and they're kind of like hiding the seams on these things like in this scene in particular like they are like really well lit and you can see you know exactly how detailed the artistry on the gremlins really is yeah yeah amazing scene mom's a beast uh and the microwave kill the microwave one of the best kills in any film horror movie or otherwise yeah, an like she classic. puts a bit, and you just see it, like it goes, ah, and then it just sort of implodes from or explodes from the inside out, like it almost turns in on itself, and then goop hits the. It's masterful. 
Yeah, yeah. I kind of have to wonder how they filmed it. And what's the one thing? Is she killed that thing in a mixer? Is that a mixer that she killed? I don't know in? what you use that for. Are because... fragile? Like, can you just. No, because it's upside down. It's like digging its head in it for something. Like, what does. That's the device. It's like a big bowl with a series of buttons. Yeah. And she turns it on, and it, like, it, I imagine it's a blender, but why do you make a blender with that large of a bowl and no top? Yeah, maybe it's I like think an it's just there to kill gremlins. Yeah, it's, it's a gremlin killer. It's the gremlin That's killer what, <laughs> well, it's the most successful there brand Peltzer kill- invention ever. Then, because his inventors, they they suck ass. His inventions yeah. are the worst. There is a, a killing too that I'm reminded of that is close, which is the paper shredder. Oh, oh! He, he drops a gremlin in the paper shredder. It's good. Oh, I'm watching that today. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and Hulk Hogan makes an appearance. Right, I remember the racist that. guy. But you know, my wrestling heart. Um, okay, where are we going now? Um, I, I guess we get to the bar scene, which we've kind of gone over, right? You know, Phoebe Cates is working the bar, <laughs> like serving the gremlins. And I think she's just like, as long as y'all don't attack me, I'm serving the gremlins. You know, they're playing poker, wrecking the entire place. Yeah, and, it's really just an excuse to have a series of gags. You know, like it's, it's, it's to good. imperil her and to have a series of gags and then uh, like establish that she can get out with the with the camera and uh at that point then she meets up with billy and they run off to the bank where they work which is when they have their quiet conversation about the most heinously (laughs) this is so i don't know whether to laugh or not like it's the most absurd it's so absurd i i like so she tells the story about her dad goes missing on christmas eve or whatever and he's gone for days and they start to notice a smell in the chimney and they find her dad there because he was trying to surprise them by going down the chimney. What a moron. I do, like it's so stupid that no one can actually go down a chimney. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, they're not open like that, are they? I mean, I don't know. The ones not- I've seen there. You can't really just hop down a chimney and it, it's totally fine. Yeah, like maybe in like olden time log cabin days, you could have gone down a chimney. But even then, it's kind of like not super advisable, I would think. You know, like if your chimney is big enough for a human to get down, then like birds and squirrels and shit are going to be falling down the chimney. Like it's, yeah. You're you're just inviting critters. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Raccoons or whatever to come down. The other thing is. I, I don't know what he's thinking, but I think he deserves a Darwin Award for this. Like, And so if I'm sitting across from someone and they're telling me this story, they're, they're fucking with me, right? I mean, right. <laughs> you're messing with me. This, there's no way that happened. It's, it's so weird. Like, it's such a weird thing. And it, back to Spielberg, I heard that he made an argument to, like, take it out of the movie. And Joe Dante was like, nope, we're keeping it in. And Spielberg relented uh, because it's like it's it's so strange. Like you, it's gag, 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 peril, peril, peril. And now we're just going to stop the movie for five minutes. And she's going to tell this morbid, dark, relatively unrealistic 
story about the death of her dad and then boom right back into the action <laughs> it's so strange it's like the weirdest the weirdest movie moment ever and i remember when i was a kid just accepting it like like with all of this movie like i just accepted it all of it you know and uh yeah as an adult i'm looking at it like what like what are you guys what like who yeah <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it is completely out of left field. So, uh we do get the uh death of uh Mrs. Deagle, which is awesome cuz she has one of those chairs that take you up the stairs, you know. And I Gremlins being Gremlins, there is the one of the the, the term Gremlins is actually uttered by Mr. Futterman first because of all the foreign parts. They put Gremlins in your machines and that's why Billy uses that term to describe the gremlins. And so they definitely do something to this device to cause it to just shoot her out the window, which is it's awesome. It's a great shot. Like the cops, the whole thing with the cops and how they like are crapping on Billy when he's trying to tell them what's going on. And they're like, yeah, no way. And they're just there drinking their Christmas drinks and so on. Cause it's such a small town. Nothing ever happens. Right. And, and, uh, and then they go out into the world and they see like everything going to crap. And they, the one guy just totally panics and is like, I want to go back, please. Like, let's go back. Yeah. But they see Mrs. Steel fly out of the window, like across the thing. And, uh, it's just a great shot. It was really funny. Yeah. And the gremlins are sabotaging the car underneath. Oh, right, because then they crash their car and flip, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's, it's it's a strong sequence. That's when it's really like things in the town are really going to crap. That's the part that I was referring to earlier with everything falling down and burning. And yeah, it's good stuff. So do they say, I seem to remember thinking in my mind, they go to the theater to wait out the daylight because it's about to be dusk. Is that? Do they say that in the movie, or they did do. I just infer that? They do. Okay. One of them says it's going to be light out soon. They're probably all together someplace dark. <clears throat> okay. So they're in the theater. What movie are they watching again? S- Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Oh. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. It's great. when They they already know the film. Right. They've they been alive one day. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, another great shot is when they're behind the, uh, the, the screen, yeah. And like the light flashes, and now the gremlins can see that there's people behind it. And then you get the shot of the gremlins bouncing up to the screen as they're tearing through it. Really awesome. This is the scene that makes me think, like being a gremlin was probably pretty fun. Short lifespan. You don't yeah. have a lot of time. And you have no regard. They don't have regard for each other's lives either, right? No, not at all. They yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. indiscriminately kill each other. You know, like, don't let them near your cat. They'll kill you. Like, anything. They'll, they'll kill whatever comes near. But they look like they're having a pretty good time in that movie theater. <laughs> like yeah. Throwing popcorn and singing and wearing funny hats. And, you know, I don't know. It's just being that a seemed like looks a like good fun. day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they went drinking. Although one guy got shot for cheating at cards. That happens. Um, stripe shot him um, with a gun that he knows how to operate. And there's another one where the other gremlin holds up a gun to, like, hold up Phoebe Cates or whatever. It's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, and so um, they 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 blow up this by letting gas out. It's pretty good. But unfortunately for them, Stripe is across the way in the department store eating candy. And um, so we get the iconic... 
uh, gizmo in the Barbie car, which has a functioning gas motor, uh, at least based you know, on the sounds. <laughs> I just, with this, I can't. Like, this is the one piece of the movie that, like, I'm like, yeah, magic explains everything. Magic explains everything. And then I get to this part and I'm like, that's not how Barbie cars work. That's not how you do that. They don't have steering wheels that function. You're like, like, like the, the inner, I don't know, like stickler in me. Cynic? Is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could like, if he was holding the remote with the sticks and the cord was sticking out the back, maybe, maybe, you know, but where did he get the batteries? Well, like, the, Why no, does it Barbie have a combustion car. engine? The Barbie car. You hear it, really it turns pisses the me off. Broom, 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 instant, instant crotchetiness with the Barbie car. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's good though. I I like the the scene where you get uh, stripe with the chainsaw. Yeah, and that's he's pretty good. him off of the bat. Only thing is, uh, chainsaw would rip right through that bat. Uh, oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, but we don't really know that's, how strong a gremlin is. Like. Are yeah, they, that's true. Are they strong? They're, they're I mean, wily and they're tricksy, but we don't know how strong they are. But they know? grab them. Like, they kind of win by gremlining, right? They never just straight up attack anything directly. Right, because when they or, do, or when they like, try to, they get defeated. four of them, you know? Like, they, yeah. they, they're tricksy. That's how they That's how they get over. Yeah. So I'm not and surprised. And so their actual bit. kills are usually driving the, the snow plow, rigging the car, rigging the... Like and obviously, um, Rock, uh, Rock and Ricky, he took out a horde of them, you know. Um, right. So, <laughs> I think one on one, they're not they're not too tough. Yeah, we, um, could, we could take a gremlin. I'll I'll go on record right now saying that I could take a gremlin. Yeah. I could take him. You know, like Chucky. Like, well, maybe not. No gremlin. Sure. Yeah. What about that little <laughs> doll thing in that movie that's coming up? What's that? That creepy. Oh, oh. Creepy what is it, Megan? Doll? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. That Everybody movie's will, gonna suck in the best possible way. Everybody like, will have seen. I, isn't Megan it a? Comes out, but I'm into it. Isn't it a? Um, what's his name? The guy who did The Conjuring. Oh, is it him, James Watt? Uh, like is it James Wan? I'll have to check, but yeah, yeah. it 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 really has that uh, malignant feel to it. Yeah, um, well, I like that too. I like Insidious. I like malignant. all that dude stuff, man. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, mal- no, it's not. He produced story by James Wan. I'll uh, take he's it. Not the director. I'll take it. I'll yeah, still, he, he, I'll go still see that weird, creepy robot. Dog I'm movie. here for it. Like as soon as I saw the trailer, I'm like, okay, hundred percent on yep. board. Um, so then we get uh. Stripe is getting ready to jump in the water to re, you know, populate the world with Grimmies. And uh, I somehow Gizmo knows to knock open the, the blind, <laughs> yeah, the blind, and the light pours in and just melts him. It's gross. It is pretty gross, and little bubbles kind of bubbling up on them, and yeah. It's a, this is where the, the PG-13 would have come in, you Yeah, know? it's a pretty gross scene. I know this is another piece where, like, something happens in the book that I kind of expected to happen in the movie, and then it doesn't. In the book, his skeleton is left behind, and then Billy smashes his skeleton with the bat, and so I was waiting for that to happen. I was like, oh, I guess I guess not, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Pete disappears at the end of the book. Like Pete goes running off into the night, never to be seen again. Like he goes full missing person. Um, yeah, we a- don't. He just kind of. We don't ever get closure. I mean, you see a little bit of Pete fighting off them as they're trying to climb through his window. Corey Feldman's character. Yeah, 
And, you know, he does a pretty good job. Like you said, I don't actually think Gremlins are that dangerous one-on-one, right? <laughs> yeah, know? combat. They're um, not combat ready. Yeah. Um, which kind of just makes them even more appealing. Yeah, so then uh, at the very end, uh, junk shop guy comes back and scolds everybody like, you guys suck. You are not ready for the responsibility of Mogwai. I'm taking this Mogwai back. Here's your stupid money. I like how he like crumples the money and throws it on the couch. And uh, and then he takes Gizmo back with him, Gizmo says. But Gizmo says, bye, brother. And you get, like, which is genuinely like, oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's, like, a sparkle in the junk shop guy's eyes. Is like, you're not ready now, but maybe. Like, if Gizmo approves of you, there's something to be said for that. Maybe in seven years we can do a Gremlins too. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, um, so let me look at my spreadsheet because I honestly don't know what movie's coming up in next. Uh, well, one, one question. One question before we mm-hmm. go because we we covered. I didn't have too many questions for this one because it's a bonus episode and light and fun. But on the light and fun uh, side of things. Do you think that it would be best if they just killed Gizmo? No, God, no. Why? Cut his head off. No. Just throw it in the trash. Here's why. (laughs) No, no, no. One town was able to easily, they're pretty stupid. One town was able to easily, like that was not easy. People died. The theater's gone. There was nothing easy about that. The cops are upside down. Like just from one gizmo, just from one gizmo. So like in the book. You're going to force the extinction. It's clearly established in the book that gizmo is like the minority amongst Mogwai. Most Mogwai are born bad. Like, when yeah. you see those ones that come out of Gizmo, he's, like, all sad because he's like, well, here they are, these assholes, you know, because, like, most of them are, like, just naturally unpleasant, creepy little guys who seem compelled to go after food after midnight. Like, they want it. They're, like, ready for it. They're Gizmo- smart enough to rig the clock. Right. So Gizmo is, like, th- like definitely... Out of them, so let's say there's seven Mogwai we see in this movie. Gizmo, he makes five, and then the one more at the place. So, like, Gizmo is, like, the 15% out of the 100% that we see in the movie. It's good, naturally, right? And it's so dangerous to have this thing around. Like, yes, it's cute, but it's so dangerous like think about your day-to-day life and like how often your kid spills water and like how often like like you know you leave food laying around and like if it gets a crumb off the floor does that count you know and like how do i want to live in the dark forever to keep this dumb little thing and its dumb little song and just have it create these monstrosities that burn down the whole town or maybe do I just want to put it in a hefty bag and swing it at a brick wall? Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here on this podcast, we've discovered that Eric wants to kill Gizmo. I'm not. Gizmo. I, I didn't say I want to. I'm just asking. Mm. I'm asking you. How did you feel maybe, at the end of Homeward Bound? Did you think it, they should have just shot Shadow? <laughs> Shadow, Shadow Shadow, isn't burning down the town and killing old oh, ladies. Like, shoot Shadow. Yeah, but he breaks the kid's heart by uh, okay, yeah, leaving the thing. Gizmo, Just shoot Shadow. Gizmo isn't personally responsible 
for all of the destruction, right? But the destruction but you shoot wouldn't happen without Gizmo, right? Yeah. Like, isn't it better just to eliminate no. the possibility? Like, isn't it Adapt. better to, like... These uh, creatures, while they are smart and learn fast, are dumb as rocks, and we can figure out. The, the issue is this town doesn't know that they exist, right? Nobody knows they exist. Exactly. This thing is just a nuclear bomb. It's a little cute nuclear bomb. Uh, and you know what it takes to yeah, set it off? do that much. Water! Too. Water! <laughs> Why? Like, you take it out in the rain and the nuke goes off. Like, there's water everywhere. Like, if the cat <laughs> licks it, does it, like, make more? Like, like it, the dog drools on it and it makes more and the bomb goes off? Like, it is a little adorable nuke. Right? Mm-hmm. And isn't it better just to go dig a no. hole in the backyard, toss it in there, and just bury it? Like, notice just- how notice how Eric's idea of how to handle this is to bury a living creature. He, you know, they don't take him to the vet, get him, you know, uh, anesthetized or whatever the you term. You can whack would be. him with the shovel a few times. See, this guy is the worst. Okay. <laughs> Hit him in the face with a shovel and throw him in the hole. Like, I don't get me wrong. Like, it, it doesn't help that Gizmo's ugly, like, in this movie, and I thought he was cute. Like, I'm used to seeing their artist's rendering of Gizmo, and then yeah. when you see the actual creepoid in the movie, it's like, oh, this thing isn't that cute. But I, I just feel like, philosophically and, like, societally, the responsible thing to do <laughs> is to, to murderize that thing, you know? Like... It's now, if we're talking about critters, right? Right. Maybe. I sure. don't know. I just, I, they're such fascinating creatures, right? Because they can take on all, no, definitely, no, especially. It sings a little song, but you can just record the little song. And to oh, <laughs> can you? To the recording. Yeah. You remember that weird, dangerous thing we used to have? It sang this cute little song. You want to hear it? Here it goes. Oh, you did what? You hit it with a shovel and buried it? <laughs> you heartless bastard. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what Mogwai tastes like. Ah, oh, here we go. Well, you can't. <laughs> I don't know this guy. I don't know what to do with you. All right, good, good. What yeah. movies? What's next? Uh, next, we're watching Terminal, starring um that guy who was in um Saving Private Ryan. Right, uh, right. I remember really liking Terminal, so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, I remember. I wasn't like down on it. I think it was kind of just one of those that was just kind of there for me. So yeah, it'll be interesting to watch it again and see see what I think of it. Uh, that's well, the one where he's trapped. He's trapped in between like customs and like yeah, he's he's stuck, stuck in the airport. Much like oh, never mind. I was gonna make a joke that, um, uh. So yeah, that that's it. Have a happy whatever you celebrate. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, everything. May you have a great day today. Um, we'll be back on the fourth in the new year for Terminal. One hundred percent. If you do happen to open a present today. And it starts singing a really cute little song. Stop opening it. Set it on fire. Okay. No. (laughs) Don't do that. It could be a cat or a bird. Birds sing songs. What's wrong with you? Fried chicken. All right. Have a good one, everybody. You turned me around on it. (laughs) Deep fry your presents. (laughs) 